Good morning, everyone. Monday is here again, and we are ready to go. This is the week between Christmas and New Year's. <clears throat> Somewhat of a black hole for things that go on in the church and the community and families. But we enjoy this week as well as the others. So I want to talk about something God spoke to me about this morning. And I'm George Watkins. If you haven't met me yet, I am here every morning at this same time. And you can join us if it's something that you are being blessed with. Join us every morning. Now, I woke up yesterday and heard the sound of a group of combines coming. Now, if you've never been around a farm or <laughs> the harvest, you don't know what that sounds like. But <clears throat> up in the Washington and Oregon, where I live, surprisingly enough, we have some of the biggest wheat fields and wheat production in the nation. Not sure where it ranks, but it's way up there in the top two or three positions. You go to the western or the eastern side of Washington, it's nothing like the, <clears throat> the west side. The west side is wet and, and uh, got the ocean affecting it. The east side is dry where they raise wheat primarily. Now, during the harvest time, they hire uh, companies that bring in 10 or 12 combines at one time. And I've seen them on the fields as they sweep in. It's like a, a symphony or a ballet as they begin to move through that field, coordinating the moves, sweeping that golden grain into trucks and the trucks take it off to the market. It's a wonderful thing to behold. God woke me up. When I woke up, God spoke to me and said, there's a great, there's a harvest coming that's going to be a significant change in the nations, not just America. Some of you are listening to me from other nations. I want to tell you that God's interested in every nation on earth. America certainly has its place in the um, in the, the plans of God, like every nation, we've done, done some things that are amazing over the 200 years or so we've been in business. But I tell you what, every nation, God has his hand on, so be encouraged. I'm reminded of the, um, of the story of the Tower of Babel. Babel, Babel, depends on what side of the creek you're from. How that <clears throat> the rebellion that went on there, God dealt with it by bringing a division in language. And because of that, the people were scattered to other parts of the world and started nations. There were 70 of them that went out, 70 nations that were established in the known world, not, not around the globe at that time, but in the known world. Now, it's interesting, it's interesting that, that when Jesus sent out his disciples, 
he sent them out, sent out 70 of them and told them to go and uh, minister what he had been ministering. And they went out. And Jesus said, I saw Satan as lightning fall from heaven. So if that be the case, then 70 again, they went to the 70 nations or the 70 people groups that were scattered abroad. So we come then to the, the, book, of, the uh, book of Acts with, a pen, with Pentecost, <clears throat> the uh, second chapter. And the list of names in the second chapter of Acts that were there listening to that first sermon where 3,000 converts came to Christ was the 70 nations, the exact 70 nations that were scattered abroad the Tower of Babel. Now, what happened was when Jesus came back from, uh, came back, came to the earth as a babe in the manger, we just celebrated yesterday, went to the cross, resurrection. He did something that the enemy and the, uh, both, both the enemy that were human and the enemy that were demonic and spiritual did not know was going to happen. It was not known to the New Test to the Old Testament saints and the Old Testament prophets and writers that Jesus was going to die and raise from the dead. Now, the New Testament writers look back and they take scriptures and they point out this is what this means, this is what that means. But you notice the disciples had no clue. Matter of fact, Peter got pretty irritated. And Jesus had to rebuke him. Remember, he said, get thee behind me, Satan. Peter said, oh, no, no, you're not going to do that when he told him he was going to Jerusalem. And um, things were going to happen that were going to bring around his death. Now, the reason for that is that God slipped it in, a deceptive move so Satan wouldn't stop it. And the scripture says if they had have known that this was the plan, they would not have killed the Son of God. So here we have then, we have the 70 nations being ministered to by Jesus's 70 disciples. We have the 70 nations ministered to by the 70 nations that were born again, brought come to Christ at the day of Pentecost, and they were sent out with the message that you have been redeemed from the bondage and the curse and the grip of the of the enemy that's over you. You see, every nation was under the control of a lesser God. A lesser God being one of those rebellious uh, lesser gods that went out and took over nations. Psalms 82 says that they have been judged because of their rebellion and will die like men. I know there's some disagreement on some of the finer points of that, but I believe they're talking, they're talking about the sons of God that exist in the heavenlies that God has created and were in existence when he said, let us make man in our own image. Okay, now the reason I bring this up is because the harvest then is going to the nations. 
I thank God it's going to happen in my town. I thank God it's going to happen in my church. I'm excited that everybody I know is going to be affected, and I get to be involved in what we call renewal, revival, restoration, all those all those words that we use to try to describe something beyond our imagination. And we talk about the Jesus movement and we talk about latter rain and we talk about uh, the Wesleyan revivals and the first and second movement in America, but God's dealing with nations. Now they tell me that Africa has having is having mass salvations, conversions, South America, is turning to a Christian experience. Things are happening around the world. May not be happening in your own backyard today, but keep speaking it, keep declaring it, keep knowing that God has prophesied. Many of you know who Bob Jones was. He's on the other side of the veil now, still alive in God, but not in our in our sight, he said that there was going to be a, a billion souls come to Christ. Well, that's a lot of people, and it will affect a lot of things. There's seven or eight billion on the earth, so I'm wanting to amp that number up. Amen. We talk about the knowledge of the Lord increasing, and it will fill the whole and cover the whole earth as the waters cover the sea. You see, I'm not looking for the for some kind of disappointing end of this experience we're having. I'm not looking for us to sneak out in some secret escape mechanism and we just disappear and leave, you know, leave this world to go to hell in a handbasket. I don't believe the salt and uh, is, is supposed to do that. We are salt and light. And I don't believe we're going to lose our, our savor as it said. I don't believe we're going to be cast aside into the feet of men and, and walked on. I believe that what God sent us to earth for will be accomplished. One of the great men of faith back in the last century, I think it was Wesley, said it would be a shame, the Holy Spirit would be embarrassed or ashamed to not be able to pull off what he prophesied and said would happen to the earth, where God would have a people, have a kingdom, and have a rule that would never end, government that will never end. Well, we talk about some of these things in theory and, and you know, grandioso ideas and hope me so's, but I want to tell you, there is solid evidence that things are happening in the spirit. Even though our local politicians or politics, our local world may be in an uproar, other nations may be, um, you know, tearing themselves up, God has a plan that is not complete yet. So speak it, pray it, sing it, think it, love it. God says the harvest combines are on the way. And I can hear them starting their engines and coming our way. The harvest combines are on the way. My grandmother and grandfather had a huge uh, ranch farm in Montana around the turn of the uh, 1900s. 
my mother was there till she was about 12. And grandmother talks about the harvest hands coming in and they would cook up turkeys and all kinds of food, take it out to them. In those days, they had one combine and probably 20, 20 men. Now, the great combines come in. I believe God's sending his combines. David heard the sound of the army of the Lord on the top of the mulberry trees. I'm hearing the sound of the, of the uh, harvest combines in the fields, bringing in the golden grain. Hallelujah. So let's rejoice on this Monday that God's got a plan and he'll bring it to pass. Let's rejoice that you and I have the opportunity and the privilege of being a part of that plan. Well, I'd like to be in the driver's seat. I want to be shifting and, you know, turning the wheel. <laughs> but God said, no, I want you to move over here. I want you to do this. And so we yield over a period of our time as we learn what our gifts are. We yield and begin to be functioning in the calling that God has for us. I wanted to be the greatest, biggest preacher ever known. When I was 14, as I developed and grew, I knew the body of Christ didn't function like that. God didn't call me to be that singular voice. He called me to be a part of the wonderful body of Christ. And as I found that place and learned the sweet spot of obedience, that's where real joy and real fulfillment comes in, is knowing that you were in the right place at the right time, spoke to the right people, and God used your connection, your witness, your prayer, your encouragement to send someone else off into their destiny for God. Isn't that something how it works? What a beautiful combination we have working with the King. Well, be encouraged today on this Monday. We're going to be here all week until the new year. <laughs> Talking about harvest hands. I had a friend, my dad's, uh, my dad's generation, but he was my friend too. Great evangelist, great soul winner. He went into the Central Valley of uh, the Lower Valley of Oregon one summer years ago and uh, put a sign out in the front of his church. He was there for a season. He said, Harvest Hands Wanted. Well, he was in the middle of an agricultural valley, and so he had a, a lot of people coming by. And he sat out there and witnessed to him. Well, that's a little sneaky. But he win, won some people to the Lord. I have often thought of that over the years. The boldness of calling people to the Lord. Amen. Until tomorrow, don't forget, subscribe. Do all the wonderful things that you do to encourage and strengthen this broadcast by sharing and uh, comments and so forth. If you haven't signed up or, or subscribed yet to YouTube or like us on Facebook, and befriend be us, or however those words are. Amen. Love you guys and gals. I pray for you. I love you. I thank you for your prayers. Don't forget, if God's nudged, nudged you to send us a financial gift, you can do it right down in the show notes below. Until tomorrow morning, start your engines.
it's time to go to work.